0: It's hard to do justice in talking about St. Mary, the Mother of God. And even I have to admit, she's above St. Anthony, there's <laughs> there is no one in history greater than than the Virgin Mary. And the, the Church of Alexandria in particular, we have a staunch love for St. Mary. It was the Church of Alexandria that really rose to the occasion to fight for the title of Theotokos as Mother of God. Um, and we have Saint Athanasius calling her Theotokos from even before the Council of Ephesus happened. Um, we fought for it, and that was the result of, of those proceedings. Is why we even prayed the introduction to the Creed that we exalt you, a Mother, the True Light, arose out of out of that controversy. Um, and um, Saint Cyril used to preach a lot from the Cathedral of the Virgin Mary, and They would do all night vigils um, for St. Mary, which I hope, God willing, um, I was thinking about during today is that I'm gonna ask Satan if we can have a second altar um, because it would be nice to be able to do vigils here. um, Here and there, the issue would be having a second altar and having another priest, but we can steal one for the occasion. Um, But it's so important that we learn the hymns. Um, I hope that that, that if the deacons have recorded them already, um, if they haven't, we need these recorded because the, the joy of these hymns, I know in my home church, like I wouldn't be able to sleep for joy from, from the, the way that the praises are done, when they're done in one voice, um, and when they're done with understanding. There's a deep beauty in all of them. The church couldn't find enough hymns um, to praise St. Mary because of how wonderful she is. Not only was Egypt a place of defense for her, but we take pride in having one of the most um, dramatic um, manifestations, right, of, of her appearances when she appeared for I think it was almost two years, even longer, two and a half years, on the domes of Zaytun um, and appeared, and many people are alive who witnessed this still. Thank God that we have still many people. So if you haven't talked to someone, go talk to the grandmothers and the grandfathers. And some of the people in our church were little kids when it happened in 1968. Um, and so my my parents were alive and they remember it. And, and the city of Cairo, which isn't a small city, first called electricity to the, the region and then to the whole city, um, just to make sure that there was no way that anybody in 1968 had any kind of electronical means um, of having her um, appear of their own will, but this is the the passion. If you talk to our aunts and uncles, I, I I'm sorry I was sick because I was hoping we'd have enough of that so we can have a revival and have um, daily talks and guest speakers, um, some of our own speakers about St Mary, but the fast of St Mary in Egypt, like the aunts and uncles, the aunts and uncles, would take so seriously that I know that some of my aunts. They'd have no oil, um, and some of them would would do just dry lentils. They would take this fast more seriously than lents. That was the effect that St. Mary had on them. Even my Muslim neighbors, uh, well, my aunt and uncle's Muslim neighbors in Minya had icons up of St. Mary in their home. This was how much the the country revered St. Mary, and I hope that we can capture some of that spirit and instill it in um, our children and in the generations. But I guess what we'll meditate on is um, why is St. Mary such a big deal? Like in terms of how she lived, not in terms of what we now say about her. But when you think about what God did, we say in the in the, tizbaha, the Father looked down from heaven and found no one like you. right? Is that God in his plan of salvation, one of the requirements that he needed was to find a woman that he saw as, as worthy of being able to contain the uncontain uncontainable. Right? So if you can think of today, imagine if in the six or seven billion people we have on the planet, right? Of of Emperor of the world looking for the first lady and, and, and interviewing all of the women on the planet, right? Let's say that there's half the three and a half billion. Our God didn't look at who's just alive, he looked at all generations of all time and found no one like this person, this woman that we are venerating. And not only did he find her above all, he, he elevated her above all mankind because of who she, she was. Right? Even the feasts that we're celebrating, um, there's always been a controversy about what we're, we're celebrating because every single church, every single apostolic church has two traditions um, about what we're celebrating. Um, but no matter how you look at it, she was being honored. Right. There's the the more accepted tradition is that her body um, was raised up to heaven, that she had her spirit already ascended, but it was just her body. There's another tradition um, that she arose, that that she was granted the gift of the resurrection and she resurrected. And we can see remnants of that in our hymnology. Um, That's why, for example, the Lopsh of Saturday and the Theotokaya, we say, Arise, O Lord, into your rest, you and the Ark of your holy place, which is you, O Mary. Um, we articulate specifically that we're talking about Saint. Mary. Um, I'm a Sarbian, just for the sake of clarity, he prefers the the lifting up of her body. Um, I just want everyone to be aware of this tradition because probably this tradition was given to the world by the Church of Alexandria. Um Saint Theodosius, the the I think thirty third it was in I think thirty third patriarch of Alexandria, um when he was in exile, um, wrote the account and explained why is there a gap between, <laughs> Um, the the feast of her Dormition, right in in the first in in uh, Toba, right the 23rd, 21st of Toba, um, which is why we have feasts every 21st of the month, and then we're having this feast today. Um, why there's such a long gap between the two? So it's a it's a good blessing. But why why what did she do that made God look at her in this way? So we'll look at just a few of her virtues. Um, because there are many, and if we begin, I don't think we'll ever end, um, which is why we have so many hymns about that very thing. And I want us, while discussing some of the virtues of her, and I'm, I'm viewing her as, as a servant of the world, okay, as somebody who serves and served the whole world. I know many people live who have seen her appear. Um, maybe we can talk about some of those things on Saturday night. The first is that she was born of promise, and the calling which all of us are right this is why in the igbeya we pray from the pauline um, i beseech you to walk worthy of the calling wherewith you are called right but she is born out of the tribe of judah specifically from the line of king david so she's royal blood um but has nothing to show for it in terms of, of worldly vision of of being the daughter of a king Right, which is why we, when we praise her, we say, "Rejoice, you daughter of the King! Rejoice, because we're giving her that glory that she didn't herself take." And she's dedicated to the temple at the age of three, and she's dedicated to the temple at the age of three without having any say in the matter. Okay, some people say that she did. Either way, to me, is that you have a three-year-old who, against her will, or with her will, it doesn't matter. She's not opening her mouth, right? And she's accepted to be brought into the temple. And and living in it, she was immersed in this church, and this deep immersion in the church, the people of God, the temple of God, or the assembly, um, is what helped her to understand the life of the church. Right, is that by being in it from a deeply young age, she could understand um, the mind of God is manifested through the church. Um, sometimes, like when we come in old, right, we have our ideals and our ideas and our visions. Um, that of things and we think that things don't make sense in the church right imagine for example if some random person came in and saw us sing about St. Mary for 15 minutes right they would think something is wrong with us Um, and if they're from another domination they will as well right "Why, why are they saying all that but a person who's rooted from a young age is gonna already have an answer to that and like, no, this is why we're saying, this is why St. Mary's a big deal, right? How could you not praise somebody so amazing, right? If you can praise Kobe, right, and look at this woman, look at who she is, look at what this person has has done for all of humanity. Um, and even if you look at the early church, because this is the setting in which she's, she's living in, right, there was lots of fights in the early church, lots of fights, fights about how people should behave. Right? You had these people who were following St. Paul everywhere they went, saying, no, 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 don't listen to him, whatever he said is wrong, you need to act like you're Jews. Right? You need to do these practices, you need to do these customs, and if you don't do them, you're not righteous. But a person who is immersed in the life of Christ, who is immersed in the life of the Church, has a much clearer vision of what the meaning things of, of things are and what the spirit of things um, are. And on our end, we sometimes think that it's unjust or frustrating for the kids, it's unjust that our parents make us go to church, right? As we get older, it sometimes seems like a chore um, and we start, like, scheduling how many am I going to attend and what am I going to do, whereas this woman is very meekly and quietly tending absolutely everything um, without making um, a noise. Second is that her service in the house of the Lord wasn't even prestigious, right? Her service in the house of the Lord was menial things. She was the coffee girl, okay? If we're going to use modern language, St. Mary was the coffee girl. She was in the background. She was cleaning shoriyas. She was running errands for the priest, right? She was probably cleaning after the services. She's doing the stuff that's not um, at all obvious. And so we need to ask ourselves to compare to how we are to her, are we seeking praise in our service or in our, in our lives or in our, our work, right? Do we want the jobs that people can see, right? Are we looking for um, the front row, like, deacon? Are we looking for, like, to teach the harder grades, right? Some people, there'd be a prestige. In my home church, there was a prestige at the time around high school service. Um, so it was like, if you want to have into the high school service, it meant you were more trusted, you were more intellectual or you were more chill. I had all sorts of adjectives that went through with it, is that the service that I'm seeking, right? Versus um, St. Mary who's doing the, the, the nothing, right? There's a man who passed away from my home church that I will never ever forget um, because to me, I, I saw similar in him to, to St. Mary. His name is Uncle, Uncle Yusuf Basilius. Um, and he would come into the church completely silently, multiple times a week and clean the church. And no one asked him to do that. No one needed him to do it. He would do it. And when any newcomers would come to the country, even though he was not a wealthy man by any stretch of the imagination, he would host them in his house for as long as they needed until they could find a home or a job. And he would teach them how to go about doing those things. He'd pay for their groceries, even though I know he could not afford what he was doing. He made Orban for every weekday liturgy and every Sunday liturgy for decades. When he passed away, we were calculating how many thousands of liturgies, of liturgies that Uncle Yusuf make Orban for, but totally silent right but those who live in this life are honored he had the the blessing of hearing sawah of anchorites praying in the church it scared him he left um but but just to even be able to see that and see the light coming right out of the church when the electricity and everything was off in the church this is this is who god is looking for right god is looking for the person who has a meekness even in their service right who is content to be behind the scenes content to be invisible which our our lady did um are we trying to be the leader? Right? Are we like James and John? Right? It was our question for God, who's gonna be on your right and who's gonna be on your left, right? With that kind of mentality, right? Or are we trying to get close to a or to the Min Chidma? Um instead look at how exalted one is by being low. Right? This is this is what God did. Then to add insult to injury, not only is she doing menial things, she was kicked out of the temple for being a woman, right? She was sent out of the temple for, for reaching puberty. And so suddenly it was decided for her, you can't stay here anymore, right? There was there was ritual purity in the Old Testament, right? So now there was an issue by mere virtue of her physiology. And now all these people are deciding for her who she's gonna marry, right? They're saying, now you're we have to get married, we'll find you someone. Here's a really good old man, right? Saint Joseph, um, and he was very old right so this isn't something that i don't think most girls her age would have been like thrilled about okay and yet she's not opening her mouth and the thing to note here okay is that she could have she could have opened her mouth right nobody is saying that had she said lord i don't prefer this that that would have necessarily been wrong but god is looking at what did she do with her free will right that even though she could have said something she didn't right she she's someone who's denying herself she's someone who's full um, oh, love. today, right, we freak out when, when the synod has a ruling <laughs> that not everybody likes, right? Um, I'm not trying to defend it or discuss it, but I'm just trying to say, look at the difference in our reaction, right? It became a highly politically charged environment right away of where do you stand on this and what do you think? Did they not read these canons? And did they say, Mary didn't ask any of those questions, right? She didn't say, what, what, where is the justice in this? She simply said, no problem. Who am I? marrying? right? You're giving me Joseph. Okay. No problem. I accept. Um, and this is what happens when someone believes in giving his will over to God. Everything becomes about God, not about myself, right? If, if for example, when people are, are, I've been talking to somebody who might have a calling to the priesthood, right? And, and the discussion is centered around if you are called by God, shouldn't be any questions. Right? there shouldn't be questions about what city am i gonna go into what home am i gonna buy what is my income gonna be right if if i've surrendered my will to god right if i haven't been able to completely surrender my will then those become very important things but if i actually believe that god cares about me and i actually believe that his will is the highest will i'll have no fear i'll have no fear no matter where i'm walking no matter where i'm going if god says get up Leave this city and go here, like he did to many people in history, modern and ancient. Right? That I'm not going to be afraid, because I have, I have a trust in, in the will of God, because I have put down my will in favor of of His. Saint Theophan the Recluse um, gives a very interesting test for servants, um, where he says, "If you want to know if what you are doing, and I say servants as all of us, because we are all servants." Um, if you want to know if somebody's service is for the Lord, take it away. Because if they're very angry, then they're not serving the Lord. If they are serving the Lord, they will say, Okay, Lord, thank you for this service. If it helped your children, I did it because you wanted it. If there's something else you want me to do, okay? If there's something else you don't want me to do, no problem. Because this is your work, this is your will, right? This is the sign of somebody who has love, which clearly we see in St. Mary. Do we take things personally? if someone didn't ask us to do something, let alone if somebody asked us not to do something. If we take it personally, it means that we are people who are serving ourselves on some level and this is what she didn't do, right? We're looking at what are the things, why did God see her so differently? Because she just, none of that was in her. All of us on some level probably have at least a tinge of upsetness, myself included, right? If, if, if someone were to say, you're not doing the job we thought you could do here, let's put someone else, on some level, even if I say, yeah, Lord, it's your will and it's your altar, probably some part of me is still gonna be like, I failed, right? It'll, it'll be personal, it'll be about my ego, Right about something that I fell short as opposed to simply what does the Lord want for his church Right, because it is his not mine or yours in the ownership um, sense the next thing is her virginity and I don't mean here just sexual purity I mean this in terms of, of sin in general um, we discussed this in some of the early talks on Saturday nights about about virtue right which is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God right is that a person who keeps themselves unstained is able to see things so acutely right so if you can picture a clear glass i used an example before right filled with water you can see right through it you can see images through it but once you start adding stuff to it it's much harder to see Right, whether you add food coloring, now your whole life is stained that color. Okay, if you add mud, it's murky. If you add greenery, whatever it is that you do to it, anything that is now in there makes it impossible to see the perfect clear image. This is what sin does, right? And this is what St. Mary was probably didn't do we're, we're, we have no idea if she ever made a sin in her life right but that was with what purity she could see God that's why why she could see him and, and contain this uncontainable being right is that this purity of hers allowed her to see things so perfectly well it wasn't it was never um, about her and so we have to ask ourselves because we weren't chosen to be St. Mary, right? Every woman can ask herself, why wasn't I St. Mary? These would be the questions to ask. <laughs> do I do any of these things that she was like, right? But for us men as well, because we're no better. Um, defiling oneself is dis- is diseasing your, diseasing your spirit. And that's why your spirit gets weighed down. She also fulfilled the law, which we don't like to do very much, right? Is that... I wanted all the icons there because they show different things that she did right saint mary brought her child to the temple on the eighth day to have him named um, after circumcision saint mary could have said i don't know what the point of this service is the angel already told me his name (laughs) there's no surprise okay i already know his name is jesus right they came they're emphatic about it in fact right but she didn't do that she's like if this is what the lord has as his system i will do the system Right? If this is what they're asking me to do, this is what I'm gonna do. She was she was obedient to the law, right? And the law is of righteousness, right? How many of us are that serious about the law? Right? How many of us are that serious about Eucharist? Right? How many of us are very serious about the so called minor services like Vespers or Matins? How many of us care about minor or major feasts? How many of us care care at all about the rituals or what they mean? Right? They don't have to dictate our lives, okay? But do I care about them, right? Do I liturgy dictates our lives, right? the, the rituals don't, um, and do I do I care? Do I follow the law? Do I follow the gospel, which is the which is the New Testament law, right? Do I do I fulfill anything, in Matthew five through seven, and do I think it's a big deal, if I don't, right? If I fall short, am I dismissive about it, or am I am I sad, that I fell short about it? Um, or not. One of the most impressive things to me and I felt it was most well captured in um, the movie The Passion by Mel Gibson is her ability to accept suffering and anyone who's met a parent who's lost their kid no matter how old whether they lost an infant or whether they've lost an adult child will know that that grief is something that's almost impossible to articulate right there's there's almost no words that you can say to somebody who's in that position right and the regrets and the what ifs and 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 all the things that are on their mind now imagine if the first week of having your child someone tells you your child is going to die right if somebody tells you you're going to suffer because this is what happened Right? When she came into the temple, the prophetess told her, actually you're going to have a thorn pierce your side. You're going to have extreme pain. So imagine for her, living her life knowing, waiting, when is this going to happen? Right? Like there's, there's, no, there's no prelude. She doesn't know what is going to be the circumstances. She doesn't know how long his ministry is going to be. Right? And look at her ability to endure that. I, I don't know how anybody could endure that. I really don't. My sister lost her son. I lost my nephew. And I, I, I even as an uncle, don't know how it would have been to know that that was going to happen. Right? It wouldn't have been comforting. It would have been even more difficult, I think, to know that something was going to happen. So imagine loving your son so much, but then being distant from him physically for the sake of the service. Right? I would imagine that any mother knowing this is going to happen is going to want to be by her kid all the time, right? There would be in separation from them, no matter what. They wouldn't want to have any fight. They'd want to be with them at every single moment, knowing what's going to happen. But for her to even give, in spite of this, to say, my son has a mission and I have to let him do it, right? Because when you read through the Gospels, she's always afar, right? There's always a distance between her and her son, right, he's going about doing his work, and people say, oh, by the way, your mom is over there, right, oh, by the way, your mom is here, and, and they bless her, and he doesn't even say, oh, come on here, right, like, like this is about you, he, he didn't do any of that, but I'm sure she wanted that, right, as a mom, she probably wanted that, and to accept not having that must be immensely painful, can any of us smile while doing that? you preach to people accepting the will of God? But the minute that something happens to you, you go running, right? The minute that something bad happens in your life, where is God? How could God allow this? If this God was so just, then how come this happened, right? But God's mother went that, went through that. God himself went through that. God has a special love, I believe, for those who suffer because he suffered, right? And that's why he said, blessed are you who are persecuted. When you get sick, how do you react? When someone backstabs you, how do you react? If a priest that we like is treated badly or taken away from us, what do we do? Right? Service is not dependent on feel good issues. Right? Like Saint Mary was told one night, go to Egypt, right? Just get up and go. She went up and got up and went. Sure there was immense suffering in this, right? To be stripped of her culture, right? To be running for her life. Right to go somewhere where they didn't treat her very well. Right according to the traditions of the story, the holy family wasn't wasn't loved in Egypt in most places um, at all. Next is that she brings her problems to God, not to herself. She intercedes, um, which is why she's intercessive of our race, and she doesn't lead anyone to herself. Um, look at Khan of Galilee, which icon we had out. Um, she doesn't try and take on the problem herself. She doesn't say, I'm going to try and do a miracle. I'm mother of God, right? So she's like, that's not in my scope, right? But the people come to her, and she doesn't even go to her son and say, I'm your mom, and I'm telling you, you need to do this for them. She simply says, this is the problem. They have no wine. And then she tells the servants, whatever he says, do it and walks away right she has a full trust in him that he knows what he's doing if he wants to do the miracle great if he says you can have a rest go sit down great if he says do this do it right but look at the response of our lord to her right she the way that she dealt with it i even there's a story that i'll never forget i know this monk personally he's 80 something years old today um a very gifted and, and a modern day saint that i'm i'm lucky to have met who's a friend of pope and since, how many years now, almost 30 years ago, um, his monastery, he's from, my mon- From I'm from his monastery, um, from St. Anthony's in the Red Sea, um, there was monumental problems um, going on at the time. And there was bishop after bishop being removed. Um, and this monk has a very close relationship with, with the Virgin Mary. Um, and he was so upset. He was like, this monastery is in pieces, it's right, Use strong languages, it's, it's broken, broken is an understatement, I don't even know how to translate it. Um, um, it's bad. And so he was crying. So St. Mary appeared to him and said, my son, what are you worked up about? Um, and he's like, well, the monastery, right? Like, I can't believe this is happening and this is happening, but even in modern times in her apparition, her response wasn't even to answer him herself which she could have. She went and called, she goes, Antonius, St. Anthony came down, <laughs> she goes, talk to your son. Um, <laughs> your son is upset. Um, and so he was like, yeah, I'm upset. This is your monastery, and look what's happening. Um, and she assured him, both of them, them together, that the monastery was going to have a new bishop, the current Ambalistos. Um And um, so it was... It was it was 86 I think, I can't remember, it was 86 or 89, it was a couple of years before Yusuf was enthroned, they told him who it was going to be and gave him an, an answer and then this monk prayed and said, Lord I want a, an assurance that this wasn't de- demonic or diabolic, um, I want to know that this is from you and that night every single icon during every single one without expe- exception was just like fountains of oil uh, coming from all of them and it was such a big event that it was actually recorded publicly in the Karaza um, of that of that year, but I mean, even in her in her modern apparitions, she doesn't make it about her, right? She was like, "Let me take you to this person." Even for example, when Lazarus, the 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 monk in Egypt, um, when he was talking to me about about his life when I was a teenager, um, I think this is a quote online. I haven't I haven't seen the stuff that's online most of it, um, but when he only wanted to have a relationship with her. Um, as his as his thing she told him no right she let him for the first year of entering faith kind of live through through her and and then she taught him no this isn't about me this is about my son right so you have to you have to come to my son right so this is this is her, her virtue she brings the people to God she doesn't bring the people to herself and we need to ask ourselves is that how we conduct ourselves Do we want to be the trusted ones? Do we want to be the leaders? Do we want to be the confidants? Do we want to be the advice givers? Do we want to be the priest or the dissoni or the in charge of the service or or leading? Because if we do, we resemble nothing of what she was like that was what found her um, favor. Two more points, I'm sorry I took so long. Um, One, the second last one, she serves in her need. Right imagine being told that you have been chosen to be first lady of the world right what your reaction would be right the 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 most humble of us would just be something defective like wow i can't believe it right something like that and 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 still message our friends or tweet something right of being like don't tell anyone which is means tell the whole world but like it turns out it's me right like that would have been most of our reactions if we're selected for anything the angel is telling her you're going to give birth to god right and they were all waiting for this to happen right so this is every woman is waiting to find out when the messiah was going to come Okay, and every woman was hopeful that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. So she won the lottery. Okay, so it's like, you're the winner. And her response, first of all, she's so meek. And she's like, are you sure? Like, you, you know who I am, right? Like, you know my situation. Like, is there a mistake? It wasn't like, oh, it's about time. Right, this is great. Right, it was, are you sure? And then it was like, this was going to happen. And her response is, okay. Be it done unto me according to your will. But then the angel adds, and by the way, um, your cousin is pregnant. And so St. Mary's thought is not like, how do I prepare for being mother of God, right? What do I tell Joseph, right? What am I going to do? Anything like that. Her response is, oh my goodness, Elizabeth's really old. She must be having a rough time. I'll go serve my cousin, right? Who would have that been the response? This is a pregnant woman, right? I'm sure she had her morning sickness. She had her swollen feet. She had all the stuff that goes on in pregnancy. And yet she says, I'm going to go take care of my cousin this is this is incredible right that her reaction is to give even when she feels she needs many of us won't serve in our need most of us will say no i need this no one's looking after me where's my spiritual life where's blah 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 and she's i'm not looking about that right I'm, I'm looking for how can i give to others and finally is she lived a life of prayer and and this I think is one of the most important things for us to take from from St. Mary. She lived liturgically, right? Because she's living within the temple, so the liturgical life was active. But it's also very clear that there's a strong personal prayer, right? When we whenever we would get asked to pray in Sunday school. Please, Lord, help the poor, help the sick, let those who didn't come this week come next week, right? We've, like, memorized it, right? And then with the food, yeah, bless those who made and those who came, blah, 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 blah. And none of us want to pray. When everyone's asked to pray in public, it's like, no, it's okay. It's fadl, go ahead, right? Because, and it's mostly because we have no idea what we're going to say um, because we don't practice prayer. But clearly, St. Mary wasn't like that because her only recorded prayers are, are masterpieces, right? And she didn't have to stop and compose it. Right? She didn't pull out a piece of paper right and be like how do I say thank you It just flowed immediately and naturally right the, the famous magnificat right my soul doth magnify the Lord and, and rejoice in God my Savior. for he has looked upon um, the handmaiden he has elevated the poor and the, and, and she goes on and and, and it's just flowing out with her thanks and her praise and with her understanding of God right of saying that oh look at how God looks at the nobodies right which shows she saw herself as a nobody right the prayers say so much right about who the person is and what kind of life that they that they live her tongue is used to the prayers and the knowledge of, of the psalms she's even quoting psalms within it right so it means that she was deeply liturgical a person my spiritual father emphasized this on my last retreat he said he said to me a person who doesn't have a prayer life doesn't have a life no prayer life means you don't have a life right the the activity the life of of saint mary was was centered around her relationship to god her god her father right such that she was able to call god her son right who would have thought that such honor would come to humanity may the lord grant us to emulate her and her life and in her virtue and her kindness and her meekness and her service and her prayer and may we all struggle to be even a little bit of the things we say in honoring her that we might find god at least say to us come ye O blessed of my father and inherit the kingdom prepared to you glory be to god forever and ever into the age of ages amen